This is Bedlam, a place, scene, or state of uproar and confusion. The definition of Bedlam. You know, this little bitty thing that people like Paul Feinbaum like to insert foot in mouth and say uh, doesn't matter nationally? Well, it matters now. I'm going to tell you why it matters. I'm also going to tell you why, historically, it is a little bit lopsided and, and why. And also tell you why I think we're prepared to show up in Norman, Oklahoma and throw hands while OU is more ready to show up in Norman and try to slow dance. All of this and more right about now. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. I do want to thank you kindly for making this your first listen to get all your Oklahoma State University news here at Locked On Oklahoma State. We are partially brought to you today by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Yes, it is Bedlam. Uh, we want all the smoke. Every every little piece of it you can bring. Because I think that the games like this uh, traditionally, you know, come down to who typically wants it more. Now, I will acknowledge the fact that it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination because you got to think, as, as sad as this is to say, OU is 5-5. Five and five. Well, They're a 500 ball club. It's just, you know, it's mind-boggling. It really is. Uh, yes, they did lose 42 players and most of the staff. So you knew they were going to have to plug some gaps. But, you know, a 5-5 five and five Bedlam, uh, I personally, and I might be in the minority, but I don't think that's too hot, right? I'm a big fan of top 10, top 15 Bedlams. In my opinion, those are the fun ones. Yes, historically, those have tasted sour for us. But speaking of historically, I think that if you if you dive back a little bit, right, you'll see why there's some discrepancies and or at least a little bit of wiggle room for argument, right? Maybe just just a little bit. Okay, so for example, OU was founded December 18th, 1890. Oklahoma State was like, oh, man, they beat us to it. We got to do it real quick, fast, and in a hurry. And they did it on December 25th, 1890. So OU was just a hair quicker than we were. And we were the agricultural and mechanical college, right, from the Morrill Act to be a land-grant university. Meanwhile, UCO, what is now UCO in Edmond, Oklahoma, uh, was designed to be what was designated as a normal school. Why they called it that back then, I have no idea. But it was for uh, teachers, basically, only. And that's still kind of their, their main function, is they prepare teachers to go into the classroom and all that fun jazz. And then OU, which was originally 
the Norman Territorial University Rough Riders and Boomers. I have a little snippet clip. Um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll try to find a way to, to integrate it. Uh, or I'll just probably just put it on Twitter, to be honest with you. But I have a clip of how, you know, all of this kind of got going, as Bedlam is concerned, from the OU side of things, right? That's part of the irony of this all. In 1897, uh, OU had a chant, and it said something to the effect of, um, you know, it's still waters, stale water, it's a muddy water slough, and it's basically dirty and nasty, and nobody wants to live in still water. In 1897. So it's not like we showed up and we're like, hey, we're a big fight, right? It wasn't us to begin with, okay? But it obviously grew over time. But I also have some examples that I think will be fairly uh, intriguing to some. Kind of like the fact that you got to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, okay. So OU has a bunch of legends. So just what they have historically is something to, you know, be appreciative of. Uh, even if it's just for the state of Oklahoma. I hate that the Daniel State is called the Sooner State. But again, all of this is kind of going to tie in, okay? So from 1895 and 1897, when we had our first game uh, in Guthrie, Oklahoma, which we lost on record as 75 to nothing. But you can you dig. It's not real hard to find. But there's a story of in that first game ever uh, in Guthrie at a park, one side of the end zone was a river or a creek, and the other side of the end zone was like a little passageway. There's no sidelines, no first downs. They just they just went, right? They made things up as they went. <laughs> and, you know, there's a mad scramble for the ball. They jump in the creek. It's like almost frozen. They get it out. The OU player swims because he was an excellent swimmer. And, you know, right, they claim touchdown and this and that and the other. So, okay, cool, right? But did you also know that OU got absolutely demolished in their first game ever by Oklahoma City? high school i've several publications i can find uh have it listed as, as a 64 to 0 loss right but if you look at the ou history on their like websites and whatnot and some other places they put it down as a 34 to 0 loss because the oklahoma city squad was just so much more prepared they didn't mention that it was you know a, maybe a different score and the Oklahoma City squad was a high school. So, yeah, again, these are, these are little bitty things that, that, that tie in. Did you also know from 1895 to, like, 1906-7 range, we didn't have coaches. We had, like, player-coach-type managers. Meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, uh, OU was already having really good uh, people that understood the game a little bit, moved from the state of Kansas – um, like Vernon Parrington in 1897, and he coached them through to uh, 1900. Benny Owen took over. Benny Owen was an absolute legend, right? And this is, you know, this is so indicative of how this rivalry is, right? Uh, it's it's really thrilling, and I think there's going to be a lot of thrilling moments in this bedlam. And as we break down more of the coaches and how this historically kind of came to be and why there is some animosity and it needs to continue to stay that way. 
the thrilling thing we need to talk about right now is Nissan. The new Nissan lineup is literally invented to empower drivers as well as themselves in the vehicles that make them pursue what they thrill the most. Find what thrills you, the all-new Armada, Pathfinder, and Frontier, available now at NissanUSA.com. Again, that is NissanUSA.com. Get in the new vehicle that thrills you. All right, so yes, Benny Owen is an absolutely le legendary coach, right? And, you know, he took them to heights. And realistically speaking, I think on paper, they did win the 1950 National Championship. And that should be one that OU is touting 100%, right? You go undefeated. I know there's no really way to, to classify the publications and whatnot, but I think that one's fair. And I say that. Oh, state fans, because it's gonna it's gonna get real juicy real quick. All right, so yeah, we went large stretches of just not having a coach and not necessarily taking it seriously and just trying to figure it out. Meanwhile, OU is hiring people all the way back to 1897, so they clearly had a massive investment. Meanwhile, we're an agriculture school, right? And they are a, a major high learning R1 institution. So doctors, lawyers, that type of thing. And it's all, it, it was all based on what the president's, you know, pres president's was going to be set moving forward by the government that each college had to do certain things. That was part of the land grant of the Morrill Act to get all of the, the stuff to make the colleges. So, you know, it, it's just, I don't know, it's just the way it worked. And they had money because they, invested very, very early in those professions. And those professions tend to pay back. And once the game of football got going a little bit more, it just, it grew. And they had the money to grow with it. We're just kind of, you know, moping around, doing our thing. And then around 1908, we did get Ed Perry. And he did do some things, right? But he's also listed as a player or something else in 1908 as opposed to a different classification of what he did in 1907 so again slightly confusing and then you just you keep going we didn't we did have a cool story when we had you know people like Lynn Pappy Waldorf but the fact that Ed Perry was listed as a player slash coach slash head coach only one year and a player the other year he was also the head coach of the basketball team up until 1915. And he was also the head coach of the baseball up in 1915 as well. And he ready? He was also the athletic director. So Oklahoma State University from the get-go was like, hey, we're going to do this cost-effective, all right? And OU was like, now nah, we're, we're going to find a way to make money and spend money and build this thing up. So kudos to OU for doing that because they did. And that's what I'm saying. So there is a large gap. And it was started from very, very, very early on. And that getting called a Sooner State, well, it's unfortunately just a byproduct of the fact that they did do that investment and they were that good. And it just, it is what it is. Uh, so, you know, good on them. But yeah, like I said, then we have Lynn Pappy Waldorf, who is a, a pretty big deal, won three conference titles in four years. He moved on, uh, and then it took us a long time before we got uh, Jim Lookaball, right? And he was a big-time coach coming into 1939, 
and he's the one who did lead us to uh, 1944 8-1 season and then a 1945 undefeated season. You ready for this? Hold on to your, your seat, right? This is the thing that everybody contests. And I just I want to I want to say it loud, say it proud, and say it right now that the reason that we were given the 1945 national championship, which I too in the beginning thought was like kind of childish and kind of ridiculous, and I was like, oh man, it's kind of embarrassing. What are we doing? I'm not gonna lie, but this is where research comes in. I did a bunch of research, y'all, and I fell in love with the process of how it all went down, and it was the AFCA that came in and did it. The American Football Coaches Associations are the ones to statistically and historically put things together and realize that we deserve the 1945 National Championship. In large part because 90, not 90, probably 85, 80% of all the publications that did all the voting was on the East Coast, right? So nobody ever saw the blonde bomber, Bob Finnamore, play football in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Nobody ever saw that. I mean, a handful of people. So it's no coincidence that the, the winner of the Heisman Trophy was Doc Blanchard, who was a starting running back at Army West Point. And he won the Heisman, y'all, with 722 yards. And then the number two in the Heisman voting was his running backfield mate, the other halfback, fullback back there with him, Glenn Davis, who had like 930 yards. Yeah. And then Bob Finnamore by himself got 1,641 yards. That just doesn't make any sense. He had nine yards less than the other two players combined that both ran for Army. And then Army gets the national championship. The voting, the stats, all that stuff back then was flawed. It got corrected. Army had multiple opportunities to submit a bunch of stuff to prove or, or disprove historically and statistically how we were wrong. And Army just didn't do it. And they won't do it. They don't necessarily They won't want to cooperate. So it is what it is. It's not on us. It's not like we woke up one day and said, hey, let's see if we can just dig through the books and find a magical national title. That's not how that worked. That's not how that went. It was given to us because people said, hey, sorry, we messed up back then. Things were super screwy. They should have been able to rewrite the Heisman, but I get them not doing that. And I, I'm not, I didn't, I maybe didn't say that right. I wouldn't want them to change the Heisman, right? But if they're going to afford us the national title because, oopsie, everything was all skewed and jacked up, then why wouldn't they do the same thing for the Heisman, right? You know, it's, I think it's fair to ask. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And then you run into the Bud Wilkinsons of the world, right? Bud Wilkinson goes to OU in 1947, and he stays all the way through 1963. He won 11 conference titles, and he did a lot of, I don't know, really, really phenomenal things, yeah? Well, uh, couple of those being national titles. And the irony, the irony of the national title stuff is, is good. It's, it's, it's classic mode. Um, they were suspended or um, uh, what do you call it? On probation, not allowed to play in bowl games, not allowed to be on TV, not allowed to make, you know, profit off of the certain parts of the season. And yet they still have the national title claims in, in some of these years, right? So even back to 1950, 1955, there were some discrepancies. 1955, they were on some sort of probationary period, yet it's a national championship. 1973, they get caught doing a bunch of uh, illegal recruiting. 
just like they did back in the 50s. And I do want to say back in the 50s when they got caught, they were giving away uh, slush funds is what they were calling them. And they officially gave away, you know, $125,000 back in the 50s. That's insane, y'all. I mean, now it's almost like you, they do it out in the open because NIL, but it's supposed to be a little bit more streamlined. I, pro- I promise you it is. It's going to have bumpers eventually because it's going to get out of hand if it doesn't. And speaking of getting out of hand, before we continue this, um, I, guys, I'm, I'm loving this one. I'm having so much fun. Uh, I love this historical stuff. This is probably the funnest video I think I've made so far. So thank you for hanging with me and, may, and y'all making this your first stop uh, to get all of your Oklahoma State news because uh, I'm your dude, guys. I am. Um, Bet online again. It's your number one source, right? You, you got to get yourself going on it. Get the latest odds and the trends for every professional and amateur league out there that you think you potentially make money on. Football, basketball, baseball. We've got it all. BetOnline.net. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get on to BetOnline as well. Head to the website right now today on your mobile device or a computer, laptop. You know the drill. BetOnline. This is where the game starts. All right. So, yeah, so they, Bud Wilkinson era, they were on probation, but have national titles. Uh, okay, and then they have Chuck, Chuck Fairbanks, who's a pretty daggone good coach. Gary Gibbs, pretty good daggone coach. And then you get over to Barry Switzer. But yet again, 1973, they get busted. They get put on probation. Not allowed playing balls. Not allowed to make profit. If they have a national title in 1974. How does this happen? I don't know. 1975 is 100% legit. Uh, you know, research the tar of that, too. So, I'm not saying all of them are illegitimate. Just like I'm saying they should have the 1915 one. And what the argument you're going to get from OU fans is, oh, yeah, well, we don't, we're not that needy. We don't need to reach back in the past and make up national championships. Okay, homie skillet. Um, do you work for the AFCA? If you do, I appreciate you. Uh, I probably, you know, I'd love to have you on the show. If you don't, just drop the comments down below. I love having rational conversations. And legitimately speaking, guys, if I'm wrong on any of this stuff, um, yeah, just hop in. Like, I'm just, again, I'm having so much fun. And uh, I apologize for rambling on, but this is what kind of gets me going. This is why there's animosity. And this is why Bedlam actually does mean something. As much as Paul Feinbaum, you know, likes to pretend that this isn't something ABC primetime at night says otherwise, especially when OU is a five and five, 500 ball club, right? Again, this is usually a big, big game with major implications and it's not really this year. It's a derailment situation, which does make OU dangerous, right? They're going to throw the analytics out of the bag, right? Uh, deep shots, trick plays, reverses, fake punts, fake field goals, whatever, Onside kicks, going for 15 fourth downs, right? Maybe not that many. You get my point though. They're gonna, they're gonna just throw the hat off and try to get after it. And that's what makes this game scary. Because if, if Spencer's even 85%, we should win this game. And I definitely don't think that's me being a, a trash talking homer. If I'm wrong, please uh, guys, you know, fill me in. Um but yeah, I just I think that regardless of where we are everywhere else, we should be able to beat OU. Right? 
Um, and this historical stuff, to me, it does matter because this is explanations as to why we don't necessarily love all of you fans. Because a lot of them are very, very arrogant. I'm just being honest, right? And, and there's a good portion that are. I know a lot of great OU fans too, but even the great OU fans will tell you there's a large contingent of OU fans that just are ridiculous, okay? I feel like, by and large, OSU fans are far more uh, considerate and understanding. And again, yes, maybe it's because we went through years of losing. Maybe. Maybe. It took us a long time to get to a Pat Jones uh, after Jim Ball. It took us a long time to get to, you know, a Les Miles. Uh, Bob Simmons had a decent run. Bob Simmons was a coach when I was getting involved with hardcore loving O-State, right? Our, De- our Devin McCorders, Kenyatta Wright, that, that era of, of players just got me hooked, got me sink, line, hooker, uh, it, it hooked into it. Um, <laughs> it. It was good. It was good to grow up that way and be on campus. And I loved researching back to the Oklahoma Agricultural and Mechanical College Tigers, which is what we were very first called, which is why we got the orange and black name, because we were designated the Princeton of the Prairie by uh, some staff members. Um, I'm glad the, the color stuck. I love orange and black. I hate crimson and cream. Matter of fact, did you know that originally in 1895 by the president Overstreet, there was a committee put together and they voted to OU would officially have crimson and corn. Yes, crimson and corn is their colors. And then as they went through marketing, they realized back then with the paper and whatever, how they had to do it, then marketing corn was really hard to do as a color. So they changed it to green. I like digging back into that stuff. Um, because I think it does add context. It's not fluff. There's reasons why OU has a massive amount of more wins than we do, right? Um, But there's, you know, there's reasons that there's animosity because the way they act about it, not not all of them again, but the portion that just doesn't seem to be rational, right? Um, No matter how much Kool-Aid orange Kool-Aid, crimson and corn Kool-Aid, whatever you drink, there's also portions of this that just are nonsensical if you continue narratives that don't make sense and then don't back it up, but yet turn around in the end and be like, oh, yeah, well, look what we did in 1974, which is fun because you should be able to be like, yeah, what did you do in 1974? Because it's real confusing because you have a national championship that's recognized, kind of, but it also says you were banned from postseason and bowls and television money. But you have national titles. Like, I'm legit confused about that one. That one doesn't make sense to me. The The ones in the 50s, uh, the one in the 50s, I think, you know, I don't know. There's there's always been some, some screwy-dewy stuff going on in recruiting. Always has been. Always will be. Even though NIL is a little bit more upfront about it, it doesn't mean it's going away. It is what it is. Um, but guys, yeah, um, this has been amazing. I, I greatly appreciate y'all sticking by as we 
we dove into this little history lesson for the day. Tomorrow we'll do film breakdown and we'll cover more basketball news. We've got, well, I'll just real quick uh, before we skedaddle, I'll let you know JC Hoyt is building a monster inside Galgarive Arena as we speak. O State put up 103 points in women's basketball the other day. At Oral, and, and this is Oral Roberts University. Um, their w- women's team isn't quite obviously as advanced as their men's team. The men's team has made multiple runs in, in the tournament. But it's not, you know, again, it's not a fluff game for the most part. And we put up, when you drop over a buck on anybody at any level at any point in time, come on, in college basketball? It's, it, NBA, you see it. Yeah, a lot. So maybe that makes you desensitize, <laughs> but that's crazy. That's wild. But any, any, but Yeah, guys, we'll get, we'll get more into Oklahoma State women's basketball, just like we got more into Oklahoma State women's softball. Because in my opinion, those secondary type sports mean more at places like Oklahoma State, where we didn't really pay a lot of attention for a long time to football. We focused on other things, which is, I don't know, maybe why we have 34 national titles in wrestling. And, yes, I said that on purpose because OU fans like to pretend that, oh, wrestling doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Yeah, well, they tend to forget that they used to be a powerhouse too. There's a lot of times that they were ranked in the top two, top five. There was matches uh, where they were number one, number two. And this is partially why Bedlam is what it is, right, that – The name Bedlam came from a reporter in the early 1900s. Ran out of Gallagher Hall, which is now Gallagher Arena, and a wrestling match and said it's absolutely Bedlam in there. Uh, It's funny. I heard on a talk radio show driving the car earlier this morning. I don't remember which one it was. But they mentioned how there was a county in, I think, Arizona that it got kind of crazy and they were trying to prevent it from turning into a bedlam and i was like huh you don't hear that word used all that often in everyday life so i thought it was just kind of cool kind of ironic as you can tell super pumped super jacked i'm ready to rock and roll we're going to do the film breakdown tomorrow um yeah this historical side of things again is it tilt tilted one way 100 percent all day it is it's true but are there reasons behind it? Yes. Is it? Are there excuses? No. What I'm saying is we neglected football for such a long time that it took us such a long time to recover and rebound. Because we had our faults, too. We went through probation uh, right around or the end of the Jimmy Johnson era, right? He's a big-time legend. But, you know, he, he happened to be associated around a time that things weren't super hot for O-State. Now, we weren't over here winning national titles uh, while on suspension and probation and stuff. So that's wild to me. But any guys, get in the comments, right? Tell me what you think about the historical side of things. And if you're OU fans, fill me in on some of this. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't mind eating crow. Heck, it happens in this industry uh, a decent amount of time. People pull receipts, which is great. That's why I love this industry. I, I I appreciate, you know, the, the the back and forth because it does nothing but help me learn, 
and help y'all learn. It makes the channel grow, and it makes us be able to spread this love of a university that we have that's deeper than most. Oklahoma State University is not a bandwagon school. Our fans are fans because they've been fans for a long time, and their family's been fans. My Shout out to my family, Uncle Jamie and Lori, and Catherine, Uncle Mike, Aunt Mary, Uncle Bob, and Mary, right? Guys, even, you know, this, this whole growing up phase, you know, was based around Bedlam. It really was. This is, this is great to me. This is crazy stuff. And I love every minute of it. And I apologize for going longer than I anticipated. But, yeah, I just, I need to make sure that we're all enjoying this experience as it comes. Because we may not have a whole lot more of these bedlams for a little while. I think they will inevitably come back. It's just, it, it's going to have to. Right, they all do. Typically, all the big time rivals eventually come back after 10, 11, 12 year breakups, and I think that'll be kind of similar here as well. It just it is what it is. But thank you for stopping by and again making this your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. God bless. Go, folks. I love you all. And guess what? I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>